Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I feel called out. I was talking to my mom uh, earlier this week after she listened to last week's episode, and we had that conversation with TK about the uniqueness of Kamala's family and how it feels like we don't get that tightly knit of a family in the MCU. Yeah. And when I was talking to her about it, she was like, how come y'all didn't talk about the Shang-Chi family? And I was like, uh, that's a good point, Mom. Yeah, I know. I have to, man. I know, right? Mom's going to have to guest. <laughs> just set the record straight. The 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 way I save face, I was like, well, I think we were talking about non-superpowered family. But even when I told her that, I was thinking about it again. It's like, well, we did meet Katie's non-superpowered family. Yeah, yeah no, like it's... Uh... She was right. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. I, I know, right? I, I know. feel like I've lost m- my title for the Shang-Chi superfan. It now belongs to my mom. It does. That's why she have to have her on now. <laughs> Aunt, Aunt Trey, Aunt Trap, Aunt Tapstream. Um, just get your calendar, take a look, let us know. We're gonna have you on. <laughs> so that's how I'm doing. How are you doing, dude? You know what? In a weird way, summer is almost over completely for me. If summer, meaning going back to school, uh, Amity starts back uh, August first. The kids start on the tenth. I go back on the eleventh, like it's it's that time. Oh, friend Daniel was telling us that he's already back, and we're what today's recording on June 29th, and he's already been going to school for a couple of days. Hey, well, hey, you with the kids going back on the tenth, that means you have perfect time to watch I Am Group. Oh, I can't wait! You can clear like, your I, schedule. That's, that's just that's exactly <laughs> exactly what I want to do with my last day. Before going back to school on the 11th. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, it's a weird feeling of like, because we were just talking about this too, because I don't know why it's such an inverse, because we always both come in with this this, uh, call and be like, oh, we're so tired, but you're winding up for work as I'm kind of hopefully winding down. I know, like, yours is coming coming to an end. This is great. But I, I love the fall. It's okay. I'm, there's, there, I love the fall, like, it, September kicks off the holiday season for me, you know, cause you get September, October, November. So there's the Halloween. So you get like a day long, ho- you know, holiday Then you get November and it's a little bit longer of a holiday depending on, you know, what your work schedule's like. And then you get Christmas, you know, and that even depending on what your work schedule is like a days off, it just feels like holiday, right? Cause it's just, this the the environment and the atmosphere it's new year's and then it's like just it's over and it sucks well, i'm gonna stop you right there before we wish away our holidays so soon wow you went from i'm happy to this sucks so quickly i am trying to just get to these marvel movies as fast as i can that's all perfectly fine and on that note If you downloaded this episode, then you know we're going to be talking about the Multiverse Saga, which was just recently revealed at San Diego Comic-Con. But before we get there, 
we did want to take some time to spotlight really a lot of articles that have come out in recent days regarding the backlash that a lot of the VFX community has put forth against Marvel and their unfair working environments when it comes to the visual effects of their movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you know what? This makes me really sad. Um, me too. And A, because we love, we love Marvel um, and we want, th this is a longer conversation, but there is an element I, that I think people have to varying degrees of like the things you participate in as a consumer or whatever. You would hope majority of people want it to be ethical. You know, and have you treat the workers there and I get business is business, um, you know, but when you hear stuff like this, it just really uh, becomes difficult of like, oh, I love the MCU, but at the same time, you need to be treating these workers fairly. And since I originally went to the Art Institute years ago with in mind wanted to do visual effects like that was what I wanted my job to be. It, it that's the other thing of like in your head it's like oh you're working on these movies and you must be making bank and all this stuff the next time you stick after for a marvel movie and wait for that in tag actually look at all the names uh i know that was something when i was at the art institute later doing the radio television film but especially when i was at the art institute i got in the habit of hey part of it is hoping to see my name up there one day but you know, looking at the names is like, these are the people that it took to put a movie together. Uh, so like, even as much as I dunked on and, uh, multiverse of madness, or as much as I give Zack Snyder's Snyder cut a hard time, it takes a tremendous amount of talented people to do these things. And there, and like I've always say in the end of the day, tremendous amount of respect for what, what they all do. Um, and you know, just we'd like to see him be compensated fairly for it. I mean, even here on this podcast, when the She-Hulk trailer came out, that was the first thing we talked about was the VFX did not look great. Um, and, and there's been other instances where we've talked about it before. Miss Marvel, a show that I think it's safe to say is among our favorites of Phase 4. And we even criticized the, uh, the CGI and the visual effects there. And so it was something that, like, I, like you, am upset to hear this news because... Uh, it would feel disingenuous to get into what we're about to talk about with the next God, three years of Marvel movies planned, knowing the unfair treatment that these artists are going through, where we were reading one of the articles that you spotlighted uh, was a vulture vulture yeah. article where it was written anonymously by one of these artists. And he was or they were talking about how on other projects, they would be on a team of 10 people working on these visual effects where whereas on marvel projects there are two counting them so it's it's just unfair working hours underpaid and overworked uh and i i highly recommend people look at the articles that we will link in because it's definitely something we should all be aware of and i do want to add one thing to what you just said make sure you're reading those articles because it's not like the company just said huh marvel you only get three and there it, it it talks about the bidding process you know what these visual effects companies visual effects houses you know put in bids and marvel goes it, again business with the with the the lowest bid um so yeah of course we'll link to it in the show notes uh we've got the vulture one and a few other ones as well with all that being said though shifting gears to 
uh, the lighter side of the MCU. The multiverse saga has been revealed, and there is a whole slew of projects on the horizon to the point that it might be the only way that I think we can get through this is just going year by year. So we're starting with the remainder of 2022, which we have now learned will cap off phase four of the MCU. And we've got I Am Groot on August 10th, She-Hulk on August 17th, Black Panther Wakanda Forever on November 11th, and Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special December 2022. Jude... Tell me how excited you are for that holiday special. If it's anything like the old Star Wars holiday special, like it's going to be a classic <laughs> that people are going to be dying to have and, you know, and looking for on VHS that just wondering why they can't find it. Do you want to take a bet now? Do you think they reference the Star Wars holiday special in this? Oh, 100%. They own the property. Why wouldn't they? That's true. Would Peter Quill had seen it by that point? Did it come out when he was taken? Yes. It's got to be referenced at some point. It has to be. Because, well, well, like, they, like, overall, they own it, right? And Quill referenced Footloose, which came out in 84. And if he's seen Footloose, he's had to have seen Star Wars. So you heard it here first. We're, we're breaking the scoop. Yeah. Because, like, you should <laughs> I'm being facetious, and we've had conversations about your apprehension of the holiday special. But what of that remaining 2022 list is sticking out to you? The holiday special, actually. Really? Uh, what, and, and here's why. Not, not in terms of like, oh, I'm, I can't wait to see it. You know, I'll enjoy it. It's James Gunn. James Gunn puts out stuff. I trust him. But what I find interesting is that comes out in December. What As a holiday special, is it going to be like the Star Wars where it's like they're not part of this timeline. Like, don't worry about trying to put it in any kind of timeline. It's just a holiday special. Enjoy it. Because phase four ends with Black Panther. And what makes that interesting to me is I am Groot is, seems like it's part of the phase four timeline. So in that way, it's just kind of like, how important is I am Groot going to be? And how unimportant is Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special going to be? Right, because like you said, Black Panther Wakanda Forever ends Phase 4. They've said Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania starts Phase 5, and I don't remember seeing the holiday special on any roadmaps graphics that were put out. So No. That's interesting. So yeah. We know it's going to be 40 minutes long, uh, but I, I wouldn't doubt it being just a fun fluff piece. Because even, even though I Am Groot seems to have some importance, because I, I think I remember seeing it on some roadmaps, James Gunn has already come out and said that that is not quote-unquote canon, or it's canon to a different universe. So anything's possible with the multiverse. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Now, of these, <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not going to go down that road. Of these, though, what I am really Stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. Um, what I am really interested in of these two, I'd be honest, is She-Hulk. Like, as excited as I am to see Black Panther... If I think about the Disney Plus shows, the past three Disney Plus shows we've gotten have been Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel. They're really on a roll with these shows. And so I, I really want to see that. I love Tatiana Maslany. Not that I don't think Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be good, but I I'm, I'm just don't have the excitement. And maybe I will closer to. I don't know. Disney Plus has the hot hand right now, for sure. Hands down. Uh, 
I, I do want to stay with She-Hulk for a bit and talk about that, but I, on the flip side, I'm glad you went that route because for me, I am really excited about Black Panther Wakanda Forever because of how disappointed I've been in the other two movie offerings this year. And that trailer got me excited. This was like, oh, this is the MCU I love. Like, I felt that in the trailers. Even though I was excited and have seen what the end results were, there was always this like, okay, I'm for it. But with Black Panther Wakanda Forever... That is a good trailer. Yes. But we'll put a pin in that, and I want to zone in on She-Hulk uh, because I am as ex- I'm excited about that as well. Um, there's a lot of icing on top of that cake of, you know, we have the Daredevil inclusion, we have the Hulk inclusion, but what I wasn't expecting, despite knowing of it in the comics, was the fourth wall break with She-Hulk. When she turned to the camera and said, he doesn't mean that when they were talking about like going their separate ways, that moment hit really nice in the trailer. Yes. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I like the facial expression of like, even for herself was like, wait, what? I just do that. <laughs> you know? Um, so that was really cool. Um, and I, because from the beginning, it's meant to be a 30 minute sitcom. I feel like they have a chance to really pull it off. Yeah. You, you know, because like WandaVision was the 30 minutes, but it got to the end and just got longer because you let, let go of that concept. But if this is a 30 minute sitcom all the way through, just like everything, the finale is going to be hard to land, but it's going to have, it, it should have a certain feel and cadence that'll feel natural all the way through. And so that's the other thing is I'm, is I'm really looking forward to see how they do this. And in that trailer, they debuted. They're really laying in how she is a attorney for super powered people. And depending on how far they go with that premise, because that premise is awesome. Yeah. Because I know we've had Matt Murdock as a lawyer and vigilante, but he was representing everyday people. The fact that this is a special division, if that's the appropriate to say, of her representing enhanced individuals, that is a good hook. And it could, depending on... Like I said, depending on how far they go with it, that could just be like a procedural 30-minute in-and-out different case every week kind of thing with maybe one long overarching case, which would be really cool. Yeah. I know we're not talking just about She-Hulk, but I'm going to drop one more thing that I would love to see happen. It'd be so cool if Foggy showed up. I didn't even think about that. It'd be that. so cool if Foggy showed up. Oh, I hope you're right on that. Real quick, I'll add one more thing too on this She-Hulk. We've got a lot to cover today, so yeah. we're, we're blazing past it. That's why. Uh, red and yellow suit. What do you think? No. No, I didn't like it either. Looks like too much like McDonald's. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I, I appreciate the swing. I don't like the look of it, but maybe it'll look better when it's in not motion. <laughs> so we already teased Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I am Groot. Would I... I don't have too much to say. I thought the trailer was cute. Uh, it is bold of the trailer to open on a fart joke and it not be <laughs> like the, oh man, is this what it's going to be? Like they pulled that through. And I think the cuteness of that show is, uh, it's going to be something. I don't know if it's uh, important, like needed appointment viewing, but I am excited that it's there. So uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I already got my thoughts out a little bit. What about you? What did you think of the trailer? Uh, I agree with you on the trailer um, that, oh, okay, this is the the MCU we're familiar with. It sounds weird, but of that movie and for what Ryan Krug- Krugler, what Ryan Coogler has been able to do, 
not just in that movie, but you know, with his other movies and I have this weird balance of like, I'm not worried about it, you know, but it's also, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my expectations down because not having Bozeman, it's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm trying to just let it calm and enjoy it. Honestly, I think we've been, whether consciously or not, keeping our expectations low because of all the different conversations we had about like, man, this movie has so many obstacles it unfortunately has to overcome. So I think we've already had that built in, like keeping keeping a, a low expectation with it. But that trailer was beautiful. The way it's handling the reverence of not only of the character within the universe, but of Chadwick Boseman themselves. Like when that, when they showed that mural of Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. it just like, it hit me hard, man. And you could see that there's, I believe, a, a, a funeral ceremony. And you can feel the emotion of the actors grieving along with the real world reality, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it feels like it's handled respectfully. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for Namor. Is that how you say it? Yes. Namor? Yes. Namor. Dude, he looks formidable. You know what? I He's one of those characters that so many people love. And I'm really, really hope they nail this one because this is this is one of those that that if they get right, fandom is especially comic book readers are just going to go nuts. And I love the Aztec culture influences and the designs of of their um, the Atlanteans. I think. Well, no, I don't think they're called Atlanteans in this. I don't know what they are specifically, but Namor's group. Uh, I like their faction being at war with the Wakandans as well, it feels like we're primed for some good storytelling because I think there's history there. It's a short trailer, but there definitely seems to be a history of conflict between them two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And we got a tease of the suit. We still don't know who it is, but there will be a Black Panther in that movie. So, You know what? That's the thing is there are some leaks, apparently, that that reveals who's in the suit. Um. Have you seen said leaks? I have not. I just know that they've been there. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I, I don't want to see. I know. That's the other thing is like, I, I'm, yeah, I don't. This is, this is one that like after this trailer, I think I might really stick to my rule of the trail that first trailer and be done. Okay. I don't have your willpower, but I support it. <laughs> like, like, I think, I think that's what I'm going to do. Cause, cause like I've watched all the trailers for She-Hulk. That's been available. So yeah, I think that's I think that's the way I'm gonna go. All right. We'll see. We'll see how far it goes. Well, that is our twenty twenty two years. Any more you'd like to add on those before moving on to twenty twenty three? You know, I I will say this. Twenty twenty two when we get into these next this next phase five and even get into six, twenty twenty two in phase four is gonna be interesting to go look back at. Because I'm just I'm looking at this list. And if you want to consider phase four, there's some other stuff that belong here in phase four that's not on this list. Yeah, this is just capping off. Right, right. So to look at it as a whole phase a couple of years down down the line, I think it'll be an interesting phase to look at. We'll definitely have to uh, reevaluate that at some point. Well, moving along, we are going to look into the projects slated for 2023. Uh, Why don't you take us through those first five? First five in 2023 is going to be What If Season 2 in early 2023. Um, we will have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania in February 2023. 
Secret Invasion in spring of 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th of 2023, Echo in the summer, Loki Season 2 in the summer, The Marvels, July 28th, literally a, like 364 days from now, uh, as we record this, <laughs> it is July 29th, and X-Men 97 Season 1, Fall of 2023. Nice. Oh, wait. Sorry, then, scroll down. I'm man. <laughs> That's why I was is, trying to split it up, but you you went right through. This is packed. <laughs> we got Blade in November and Ironheart and the fall, and Agatha Coven of Ca- Coven of Chaos in winter 2023. All right, you need to catch your breath. Yeah, like you took that on your own. You put the team on your back. That's more than. <laughs> I was like, okay, we just wrap it up here, and I scroll down. I was like, oh crap, there's there's a lot. Is that as many projects as there were in Phase Four in one year? Ooh, how many is that? One, it's close. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven projects. That's wild. And it should be said, this outline is constructed based off what was revealed at San Diego Comic Con 2022. We have D23 coming up, and apparently there are even more rumored projects for this year, as well as others that weren't announced for the phase six schedule of the mcu so as packed as this is there's potential for more yeah and i i think i just counted it up 15 for phase four and And there was 11 and that did not count no that counted everything yep for phase four that's wild so we're basically we almost get all of a phase in one year yeah that is crazy so you know what you just listed off i'll go ahead and i'll start easy It's clear that people who have followed this podcast know what if is not our favorite. We've we've gone back and forth on how we want to handle season two, but we got a list of confirmed episodes and there's one episode that has me really excited and it's Odin versus the Mandarin. That is going to be really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the things that stuck out to me for sure in, in 2023 and it's early, so we're going to be starting off the new year with some what if scenarios. Yeah. So like I'm, uh, the hella story is the one that I'm of what's been released this is what I'm really looking forward to. And apparently it, it, they're happy with it. Cause season three, I believe is also greenlit. So there's no date on that yet, but they've already started production on what if season three, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm just thinking like, what could be the thing? Cause that ended up being built up to an end and season one. And what would that be here? Okay. This is interesting. I'm, and you know, Odin versus the Mandarin, we're going to get Shang-Chi and okay. Um, you know what? That's all it takes. We, I had sworn off what if, but they brought me back in. I, I just, I, I, even outside of me being facetious, they brought me back in because it's Shang-Chi, clearly my favorite project of the new era of the MCU. But it's giving us a hint at the cast of characters that are now possible in a season two, whereas season one focused mainly on the Infinity Saga. So I'd be curious to see what other Phase 4 and Onward characters will be making an appearance now that they've had some time to breathe from their debuts. Yeah, uh, of this, I'll be honest, of the movies, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the one I'm most looking forward to. So I'll start there. Not just that, oh, it's kicking off Phase 5, but I just, I can't wait to see Kang again. You know, and so that's that's what I'm most looking forward to of all of this. Uh, to be honest, even even thinking of just the movies, that takes the top. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is definitely up there for me as well. 
be, mostly because of Kang. We've had off podcast discussions where I told you I would really love the MCU to handle the Avengers movies in a way where a phase is kicked off with an Avengers movie. And then the subsequent movies in between are dealing with the consequences of what happens in that first movie and then top off the phase with another Avengers movie where that wraps up everything that had just happened within those that bookend of a uh, phase. And that's not quite what's happening here. But knowing that we're building up to Avengers, the dynasty of Kang or Kang dynasty, having this phase start with Ant-Man and the Wasp, knowing he's in there, feels like the closest I might get to that realization. Yeah. Well, because I think they even so mentioned... That has me curious. Yeah, but they mentioned something about this movie being a team-up movie, even though it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't think they said who the team-up is. So that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm thinking what you're just saying, I agree with you. Because like, if you think about it, you had an Avengers movie at the end of Phase 1. There were some kind of ramifications that were taken into Phase 2. You had an Age of Ultron, right? And then you had the, the Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Whereas this, you don't have that big event movie like you said kicking or capping off a phase it's just building up all the way to it it's interesting which this delves into comics it's a vague comic spoiler so i didn't mind read it reading it but i've i've seen people speculate why phase four might be as aimless as it seems to be given that we're building up to king's dynasty mm-hmm. I'm going to say it, and I'll I'll let you also defer if you think it's too much of a spoiler, because it's very vague. But apparently on some Kang storylines, it is very apropos that he waits until the opportune moment of the Avengers being distracted to make his strike. And that would fit with how distracted Phase 4 has seemed so far, because everybody's off doing their own thing. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, but that's one of those like retroactive, like making it work, but we won't know until we get to the end of phase six. See, and that's the other thing is you start running into Multiverse of Madness. Were we actually watching, quote unquote, our Doctor Strange? It could have been a different one. It could be the case that it's no multi. The reason why phase four and the complaints of feeling disjointed is because we don't realize and won't realize that without the TVA, these movies would have been like trimmed. Gotcha. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And that's, and that's the other thing is like, if they do that, is that's a retroactive thing or is that always been the plan? Like it, it, it'll, it's, it's going to be really interesting to, to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. And we definitely, for the first time since Endgame, feel like we have a headache and I don't, we never got to put it to, to, to an episode, but there, were, there was a lot of conversation, especially online, about like how aimless this saga has felt so far, or even this phase has felt so far. Uh, but it's clear we've got a, a one-two punch of, we've got the multiverse angle, which was pretty evident, but now knowing, we'll get to it here in a minute, now knowing we've got the Thunderbolts coming as well, that seems to be the villain Avengers that is going to be the buildup of phase five leading into phase six. So those are the two hand in hand threads I think we're seeing so far, Mm -hmm. which speaking of uh, another one, I think I'm excited for looking over on the Disney plus side of things. I'm really excited for secret invasion. The, the Nick Fury Talos show about the scrolls infiltrating I don't think we've heard anything too hard confirmed plot wise, but I've heard some 
just based on graphics they have released of Nick Fury bearded and non-bearded and it gives this feeling that we could see kind of like a, a split timeline of during the blip after the blip sort of situation but everything that that seems to be setting up of the infiltration of the scrolls is really exciting and could play into that secondary roadmap I was talking about of leading up to the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what Emil Clark is going to play. Um, you know, and, and for Amelia, Amelia. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and I don't know, I'm kind of in this weird spot of like, what is this going to be? And I'm wondering it, it's in an interesting place, right? Cause it's spring 2023. Okay. The Marvels comes out in July, Loki summer and Echo summer. So I could guess that Echo is probably going to be take the spot of what Miss Marvel did summer wise. Loki will probably have this She-Hulk spot, right? And then you're sliding Marvel, the Marvels in between like you did with Thor, Thor Love and Thunder. So Secret Invasion spring wise has that Moon Knight slot. So there, So those will clearly be tied together. And so what I'm really interested to see is how much those two are tied together and what from that is going to shed light on multiverse. Yeah. I think the only other thing that I want to highlight in this section before moving on is X-Men 97 season one. Not only do we have a release date of fall 2023 for the first season, we now know, or at least I now know we're getting a second season as well. I, I got to catch up on those old ones on Disney Plus because I was looking at it. There's not that many episodes and they're short. Oh, yeah. So it's an easy, it's an easy watch. Any, if any of the shows that I'm behind on, that one is the perfect, like, Trey, you have to watch this. 30 minutes at, like, five episodes a season. If I can't do that by fall of 2023, I think you might need to find a new co-host. Like, I don't think I get to be a part of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just two episodes a day. Just an hour of your time. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, as, as convicted as I am about like making this happen, I feel like the stronger I am about it, the least likely it is to happen. So, so when, <laughs> I, I, when are you going to start? Are there going to be like, like, are you going to start now? So next week when we record, I can ask you how those episodes go. Do we want to do, you know? do we want to make that a running part of the, the, the X-Men 97 check-in with Trey Wait, and you, you just know what? like that, ask I, me? I think, I think we need to do that. <laughs> oh no. Because, because at that point, you know, if, you know, this comes out on Monday and so people in the discord will know that they got to check in with you by the time. All right. The, I'll do The it. next episode comes out and you're, and we're looking at, we'll, we'll look at how many there are and, and space them out for you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't have Game of Thrones I'll, to watch anymore and you're not watching Stranger Things anymore. You got to fill it with something. Oh, I finished Stranger Things, but we'll do it. We're going to do an X-Men 97 check-in every week from now until I finish it and see how long it nice, takes. Nice. <laughs> oh, hey, Trey, how's man. X-Men 97? Because it's on Disney Plus, right? Is that, is that, what? <laughs> I, I can't seem to find it. Oh, man. Oh, you texted me a link. Yeah. I, I, those disappear. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that hits the highlights that for us in 2023 is unless there's anything else you'd like to spotlight. You, you know what? The there's one other thing for sure. I'd like to spotlight uh, two actually um, go for it. I am excited about echo because I really enjoyed that character and what they were able to do to show her 
um, how she communicated with people with, with the ASL, the American sign language. Um, and the, the way they use the subtitles to really help you kind of experience that was great. So I'm excited about seeing that. I know we're going to get daredevil again in that. And I think, um, Kingpin's going to come back in that, uh, that is announced at Comic-Con. So that's something really cool. And then blade. I am really excited to see blade. Mahershala Ali, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited for Blade because I talked about it before. I went back and rewatched the Wesley Snipe one uh, for one of our early episodes. And I was like, man, this is an early 2000s film <laughs> for sure. And it was a bit of a hard watch. But I remember watching it when it was modern. And I love that character so much. So to see Blade come back, not only in a modern setting, but being a part of this larger cinematic universe, I'm I'm really excited for mm-hmm. that as well. Well, and it's... November 3rd, 2023. So that's not even, you know, it's not this November the next. And November 5th, 2021 is when we had Eternals and had the end tag with Blade or the voice of Blade. So it'll be two years and in, in what, a day? Two years, just shy of two years by two days. It's like poetry. It runs. Yeah. So we're... So, so I am excited about seeing Blade. I loved seeing the first one in the theater, by the way. So that I remember being a blockbuster rental for me. And then after we watched the first one, we excitedly went back and rented the other two. <laughs> oh no! I think I've only seen the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's a story for another day. Yep. Moving on. Uh, 2024. And by the way, just to say, there are so many announcements at San Diego Comic-Con. We're just kind of hitting the highlights of the ones that stuck out to us. So with that being said, 2024, we have Daredevil Born Again in spring of 2024, Captain America, New World Order, May 3rd, 2024, Thunderbolts, July 26th, 2024, uh, which will end phase five. Uh, Marvel Zombies on Disney Plus of 2024, Spider-Man Freshman Year 2024 as well, and finally, Fantastic Four film November 8th, 2024. Jude, I I feel like I know what's sticking out to you from this 2024 list. Okay, tell me. Daredevil Born Again. Exactly. I'm so... Hashtag Jude was uh, right. It only, it only took us four years, but Jude was right. I know, right? Like... <laughs> Okay, so for those who've who found us recently and have not gone through the entire backlog to hear our Netflix Daredevil. Shame on you. I'm kidding. <laughs> Why? Why are you kidding? It's good stuff. Oh, no, well, no, okay. actually actually comparatively <laughs> we're so much better now than then. So <laughs> Yeah, we'd be embarrassed for you to go back. <laughs> go listen, but we're st- we were still keep it to yourself. We were, st- we were still learning at the time, <laughs> but no, like like the plan for MC you need to know was we're gonna get rolling with Black Widow and then Falcon the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and COVID happened and we talked about it. We're gonna stick with the plan and wait for the delays, and we decided to go with Daredevil Netflix. Not we. I stubbornly was like, no, let's wait for Black Widow. I know we don't know when it's going to come out, but we really need to launch alongside that because that's probably going to get us the best exposure. And you, rightly so, vouched for doing Daredevil, and it was a very good decision, and I feel like here we are in 2024. Yeah. 
you were right. I'm glad we did Charlie it. Cox is back. I think the entire cast, they confirmed. Really? Yeah. I hope so. I, I, so. I have some friends who I, who for some of them would say, take it or leave it. Uh, in particular, Karen page, uh, which I liked. Um, I'm sorry to see your friends go. <laughs> I, I liked uh, Karen, Karen Page in, in those um, in, in in those series, but um, but yeah, 18 episodes, man. I know we've already been talking about how we're going to cover that uh, four and a half months, but I wonder because I, I can't imagine these being any less than an hour long. But I've seen uh, one of my favorite shows is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And the last season that they had, that's an Amazon Prime show uh, for more context. The last season they had, they released two episodes at a time. I wonder if there's a possibility where Daredevil Born Again releases two episodes a week to keep that 18 episode down to a nine week release schedule. Because you were you were putting it in terms of like us covering it on the podcast, 18 weeks of Daredevil. Not only is that like a long stretch to be on one topic, but... I can't imagine Disney Plus would want to like cannibalize with a different show launching at the same time, but also still wanting to have time in between shows before having them running concurrently. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, so, and that's going to overlap with two movies, depending on what month in the spring they release it. And not to mention anything else that may get announced during San Diego Comic-Con, uh, D23. Mm-hmm. So, so it'll be interesting to see. What about you? What are you most excited about? Captain America New World Order. Really? It only took a logo. It really? only took a logo. Look, I know. You embrace Sam Wilson truck. That's awesome. Oh, come on. <laughs> the truck has been uh, run into the ground a lot. I have not brought up the I truck kn- in a while. You haven't. You've been good. Yeah. You did break your, your New Year's resolution, but you haven't brought it up in a while. Obviously, people know I wasn't happy with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is very disappointing given how much I love captain america and loves sam wilson as captain america i just didn't like the writing but just seeing the logo for the new world order even with the writers coming back uh and a director i'm not familiar with but i do want to go back and watch uh another well they have two movies that i think are credited one was the cloverfield netflix movie which was not the greatest uh but they have another one that seemed to get a lot of critical acclaim uh julius ona i believe is the, the director I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with that because not only was I laying the the my suspicion that they have the Thunderbolts the Thunderbolts arc and the multiverse arc, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Captain America New World Order leads into the Thunderbolts movie. So I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of ties there. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. It's Captain America. I. I can't imagine not having fun in that movie. Well, I'm also curious about go back to Daredevil. Depending on how they run, if they do your nine weeks, or, you know, it might overlap with Captain America and end going into Thunderbolts. Oh wow! With those eighteen weeks, so I, I'm so not just Captain America leading into Thunderbolts. Like I, I completely agree with you on that. But is Daredevil maybe gonna? kind of overlap into it as well because just for context i'm almost willing to bet or let me let me back up just a little bit for those who may not know the thunderbolts i believe is like the suicide squad for marvel of the villains getting together to form a team right the the spin on this being 
that it's not that they're openly villains. They're framed as good guys or good heroes that are actually villains in in secret. Mm -hmm. We know U.S. agent is one of them because I have um, Julia Lewis Dreyfus character whose name always escapes me. Uh, Val Val Contessa de la Fontaine. Yes. I think I got that. Valentina. Uh, she seems to be Contessa. Valentina. Contessa Valentina. Contessa. I completely butchered that. Originally created by Jim Starenko in the comic to be a love interest of Nick Fury. Oh, wow. Regardless, she seems to be putting together a team of anti-heroes. U.S. Asian is part of that. He was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All that lead up to say, I can't imagine Fisk wouldn't be involved as well. And so I, I'm, I'm buying what you're putting down of Daredevil leading into the Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah, and it's, it's possible. Like, you have not just John Walker, right? Sorry, I got distracted. I was just thinking about your love of Captain America and how much you embrace John Walker. You'll, n- you'll notice I said U.S. agent specifically. <laughs> 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 we, all, we all remember what your desktop background was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I thought he was a cool graphic. <laughs> uh, but no, John Walker. Okay, uh, Baron Zemo was in the Thunderbolts in the comics. Um, you have Elena. You know, you're right, Valentina. Um, so I, I think, and then probably, you know, oh, that's right. Um, Abomination was mm-hmm. it, also appearing in shield was in thunderbolts well because because that's why they called him thunderbolt ross it was the team general ross put together so i'm curious to how how they did that uh i think the winter soldier might have been in one variation of the team uh hawkeye clint barton actually led the team in one iteration of it was the leader of the thunderbolts so you have a lot of options what the mcu can do you know, uh, it's kind of similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. That wasn't the original team. You know, is this where we start to see John Bernthal show up as Punisher. Taskmaster, I believe, no com- is coming back for this. I saw another podcast I was listening to made uh, the film cast. They had their own discussion on the MCU announcements. And they pointed out, you don't get Olga Kurlienko, I believe is how you pronounce it, to portray taskmaster if you're not bringing them back she's too big of a name to not have a more prominent role than what they had in black uh black widow because even though i liked what they did there was virtually no speaking parts so they have to have plans for that character at yeah. some point um thinking through villains still ghost is a possibility still um you know so th- there's options here for for the thunderbolts so that's that's one that i'm really really excited about and it's fascinating because it does feel like the big team up that phase four is missing but it's the villains like i like that we're ending a phase on a quote-unquote avengers movie but it's flipped on its head so it'll be interesting to see how they because regardless we have these villains let's say captain america plays up and shows shows up i'm almost positive it's gonna be from the perspective of the thunderbolts so it's not like Captain America or any of the other heroes will be the the main focus of the story. We're just going to see it from the villain's perspective. So very curious about that one. Um, the year is 2024. Trey still hasn't seen X-Men 97. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, of what, of what was announced, there's a lot of animated in here. There is. 
I know one that's sticking out to me for sure. The freshman year? Freshman year. Yeah. Now, that that's interesting. Again, multiverse. It's an alternate universe. Daredevil's going to appear. Well, up here, Charlie Cox is actually doing the voice of Daredevil. <laughs> It'd be wild if everything's animated, but, but Charlie, Charlie Cox's Cox live action. <laughs> I really went wild with that one. Um, <laughs> it's basically Kevin Feige. Are you happy now, Netflix fans? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so, I'm. I, I just find it interesting of what was announced for that year. Um, there's a lot of animated, mm-hmm. and it could be it's just we don't have more announced on the live action side. Mm-hmm. That could be revealed in D23. I, I do want to focus in on Spider-Man freshman year here because you mentioned it is an alternate universe. But what I find fascinating about that, originally it, it's pitched as kind of a prequel to Spider-Man before Civil War, where we get to really see that first year of him being a hero before he meets up with Tony Stark. When the series was originally announced, it was supposed to take place in the 616 continuity, but by the... The inclusion of Norman Osborn as the mentor instead of Tony Stark, this is clearly deviated from the mainline MCU timeline. So I'm fascinated by why the change or if there's something to be learned of it being part of the main MCU timeline and we just didn't know. But I doubt it because Norman Osborn is a huge figure to only exist within the continuity of this cartoon into the live action. Mm Mm-hmm. And no one else brings it up by this point. So we do get Marvel Zombies. We it is confirmed that that will pick up where the What If episode left off. So I am excited to see that because I I think you and I both really enjoyed that episode and in our review talked about wanting to see more of that universe. And it looks like we are getting our wish with this episode mm-hmm. or this series. Yeah, I think so. All right, so we're creeping up on moving into 2025. But I think it would be best to group the Fantastic Four at the end of 2024 along with the projects in 2025 because they're so closely linked together and there's so few in 2025. So Fantastic Four, November 8th, 2024, will lead us into Avengers, the Kang Dynasty on May 2nd, 2025. And within the same year, we will get Avengers Secret Wars to end phase six. We've been alluding to Secret Wars for a long time. That's a suspicion that we had that they would go next after Endgame. What do you think about it finally being in stone as per the roadmap of the MCU? It wasn't surprising. Only because, well, two things. A, when you start thinking about what are these big events, that is Infinity War level events, right? Um Secret Wars is one of them. And, and and not like how many characters, but in like, you don't have to read comics and there's a good chance that you've probably heard of the Secret Wars storyline or that it exists. Not like what it is, but that it exists. You know, and it just has such a good title to it, Secret Wars, right? And so in that sense, it wasn't surprising. Um, also, when I think the 2014 Secret Wars run and what that was, and this being a multiverse saga, it, Secret Wars is not that surprising either. What I really like is I'm assuming, because if you look, they're both 2025. We're not waiting a full year. We're May 2nd, November 7th. And so those are that's really close together rather than having to wait a full year. It's insane. I know, right? I mean, the only way you can do that is logistically is if you're shooting back-to-back 
or simultaneously those two films and like soon (laughs) (laughs) well like like how how are you gonna know script wise tying in all this stuff when the release date for the first avengers the king dynasty is may 2nd 2025 and in may where's may 2024 we're gonna get captain america new world order like a year later you're getting the king dynasty and captain america starts shooting soon if i'm not mistaken yeah so like so like when just to give you an idea right like it it it, it takes some time uh, not to do the visual effects but it takes the time to do the entire movie um Maybe that wasn't as funny as I thought it was, but <laughs> I was about to say a little after what we started this. I don't know if that's the joke you think you want to go with. <laughs> I'm, I'm really just throwing shots at the MCU with that one, but I, I, because because it is. I mean, I mean, we talked about that, and, and there's the memes and kind of the jokes about like visual effects artists. But when you see those two movies, and in the mindset when you hear Avengers, the bar is now set with Infinity War. I mean, like, Age of Ultron, the bar that that had to leap was Avengers, the first Avengers. And then Infinity War had a pretty high bar, because we're wondering how are they going to tie all this together and have this many characters. And then they went over the bar with room to spare, like if there was no bar. And then in Endgame, we're like, okay, what's really... And and then a year later, they're able to do it again. Timing-wise, how are they going to do that? Like, that's just insane. Because even if you think about Captain Marvel... Captain Marvel was a prequel. Like, so even though it was that close, you could make that movie without having to worry about how it tied in to Infinity War necessarily outside of an intag, you know? Um, and it seems they're, they're like they're embracing the same formula, calling it the Kang Dynasty, whereas like Infinity War was Thanos's. Movie. Okay. I didn't even put that into articulated thoughts. Yeah. It does seem like that might be the case where that first one is from his perspective. Yeah. And that's fine. And then you have Secret Wars, but it's it's this, it's that thing of like, for for as much as Phase Four feels disjointed, there's no way you can do that if you didn't have a pretty clear roadmap of being able to, you know, where's this movie going to lead? Where's that show going to lead? Script wise, how can I reference? Um, and it also makes sense why there's so many reshoots, which is normally normal doing reshoots but it makes sense why there's even more so because i i i can only imagine that there's somebody like writing a script they're like no no no, no. this is what works for the story and miss marvel's like the crew miss marvel's like okay let's go reshoot this you know or whatever you know quantum mania hey let's go reshoot this so not complaining it's just it's gonna be incredible if they pull it off again I think that right there, if they pull it off again, because we talked about this earlier today in our text messaging where, you know, I think the last time the MCU revealed a roadmap this large, I remember seeing it and was just my mind was blown of like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Seeing this, it's not, oh, my God, this is so cool. It's, oh, my God, how are they going to pull this off? Mm -hmm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you finally put into what I was trying to get at in our text message. Cause even with uh friend Daniel, when we were talking about like, there is a, th- at this point, my feeling on the MCU is there is an issue of quantity over quality. And we've already mentioned multiple times how we're getting almost a phase four worth of stuff in one year. Well, not just that, like we've also, we've talked about off pod 
the number of hours of content in phase four is, surpasses all the other phases. So it, all I can say after being able to finally put that into words of how I'm feeling and then hearing you talk about like having to pass the bar of in-game and then set and raise it again with Secret Wars, good luck, Destin Daniel Craig, yeah. who we now know is going to direct uh, the King Dynasty, which I'm honestly excited about. I can't talk about how much Shang-Chi is among my favorites of the MCU. So to have that director involved with the Avengers project, knowing he is also going to be doing Shang-Chi 2, there's potential for Shang-Chi to be a major player oh, in yeah. this new multiverse yeah. saga. What I'm really curious about is, A, the Russo brothers have said that they would want to do Secret Wars. Like, they've, right. they've said they would come back for Secret Wars. And Kevin Feige already, no, not bringing back the Russo brothers. Or maybe he, well, maybe he they, was saying that for King Dynasty. But even with that, it's like... How do you do those two movies that close together with different directors? It's already for sure that it will be different directors. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Marvel is looking for different directors for King's Dynasty, which we now know is Destin Daniel Cretton. The Secret Wars has no director attached to it yet. So there is a potential that it could be the Russo brothers. But as of right now, there is no information other than there are they are looking for a different director. I would, I would almost imagine you'd have to. That's just too much workload back to back. Because it's even the Rooster Brothers, I think, talked about it. One of the reasons they were able to do that is because there was two of them. Mm -hmm. They were able to divide into different teams and tackle both movies at the same time. I can't imagine, especially with Cretton doing Shang-Chi, the Shang-Chi Disney Plus spinoff, and now this. And there's been rumors that I, I won't bring up yet because I don't know if it's anything confirmed yet. But apparently doing another movie for the MCU as well outside of King's oh, Dynasty. Really? Yes. So I didn't, I didn't know that. And that's, that's the other thing. Well, the question becomes, does Shang-Chi 2 and the spinoff and whatever the other movie is, is that after 2025? You know, keep in mind, there are still some unannounced projects that are going to be revealed in, at D23. We already know they've confirmed a Shang-Chi 2 movie. We just don't know yeah. when. Well, in my concern is if he's doing the Shang-Chi 2, you know, which, you know, okay, he's doing that. If it's one of those unconfirmed movies or projects that comes before Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and he's doing that and has to do the Avengers Kang Dynasty like it, it, it doesn't make sense to have Shang Chi to before that movie workload wise and have it be good. It has to come after those other two, or you want to talk about somebody who's going to truly be just overworked by Marvel for the next, you know, because well, you just said like it, what made it easy for the Russo brothers was having them divide and conquer, and they they still got to work one at a time roughly. So yeah, so that's. That's the only reason why I say Shang-Chi 2. I, I would be shocked if it's one of the unannounced ones. Otherwise, if, if it's one of the unannounced ones, they've got to be working on it now. Yeah. I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. So, I think it's safe to say we're in the multiverse saga now. It is. Okay. okay so, hmm. Let's, let's, I, I want to speculate one thing and with a question, um, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Discord. Let us, let us know your thoughts. At MC, you need to know. We know there's unannounced dates, right? Or there's There was dates, but it was unannounced for those phases. They just basically gave you the two Avengers and Fantastic Four, and they left them blank. And they've said that there's more surprises coming. You know, we have D23. 
in September, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think is going to be like, what do you think is going to be, what would be so big that they wouldn't give it San Diego Comic-Con with all that and hold for their own Deadpool three. It'd have to be, it has to be like, what, what would it be when you have those type of announcements that you're holding for your own convention has to be Deadpool three and probably the mutants, the mutants, Spider-Man four. Yeah. Maybe Spider-Man four. Cause like, cause like, they went to San Diego Comic-Con, which they don't always do anymore, with a huge announcement. But yet, they still say they have more coming in D23. Like, I don't know what else would get us that excited except, th- like, the three we just mentioned. Like, like nobody's going to be like, oh my gosh, the Peter Quill spinoff that I've always wanted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like as much as I love Star-Lord and think Chris Pratt does great as Star-Lord, that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for that. Unless, oh, or the Wong show. Give us Wong. <laughs> oh, we didn't even mention Wong in the trailer of She-Hulk. This phase yeah. Wong. Maybe we'll get a Wong show at D23. But I was going to say, I love how we had that talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Let's keep our expectations low. And here we are at D23. Oh my God, they're going to blow our minds. <laughs> I'm keeping my expectations low for Black Panther Wakanda forever. I'm going to let myself get pumped for everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just I want that one to be oh. good so bad, and and it's just like and, Me too. and so that it's it looks promising, right? And that's one of those things where it's like it's not that I think it's going to be bad. I just I'm so don't want it to be because the first one was so so good that I, I'm trying to really temper it for that one and try to give everything possible to give that a, a chance to be really good, meeting it at its own terms. Well, it seems like we're going to need to have another one of these check-ins with the mcu after d23 because uh as much of a buffet as we just had of mcu news there's still more yes yes so any more final thoughts on this san diego comic-con revelations you know what um a little side story that i thought was kind of funny when all these things were being announced amity and i were binge watching stranger things (laughs) And like I, my phone is going off and going off and I'm like, have it to the side. Cause we're, you know, watching stranger things. And it's just the two of us. It's like, and we don't get to spend just the two of us time watching stuff anymore. And so it's like, that's what I did. And so like, as it happened, I was completely like out of touch till afterwards. <laughs> I think I remember texting you that that night, because all this came out on a Saturday and you text me, you hadn't even looked at it yet. And I texted you like, I'm out of town helping a friend move. What kind of MCU podcast are we that we did not pay attention to any of these announcements the day it's of? Like the biggest day of the year. Uh, no, because we're... We were saving it for D23. That's right. We're holding out for D23. Um, <laughs> it has... To, we're the truth. It fan. has to be, because they're going to make some crack about Deadpool 3 and D23. And like Deadpool dropping the two for the D3, I promise you it's going to be something like that. I don't know if I've gotten this. If, you, if you're making that prediction here, I want to make one more prediction and we on our way out. I can't remember if this has ever made the podcast, but I want to call it now on the eve of Deadpool 3's announcement. As much as the MCU has been in the fan service section of their their storytelling, Deadpool 3 is going to be Deadpool kills the Fox universe. I almost, I can feel it in my bones, and I feel like that's what they're gonna do. I know that's a popular storyline of De- uh, Deadpool kills the Avengers. I feel like that's one of this is one of the few chances they have to bring that to live yeah, action, especially because so it's the multiverse the saga. 
Like that's exactly yeah. what they have to do. Uh, so those are my final thoughts. Like I, I. <laughs> Here's our final thoughts about San Diego Comic Con 2022 D23. <laughs> well, no, I, it's no. I mean, my my final thoughts are just um, I'm excited about it. Like like that that alone, you know, I think rekindled an excitement that I don't want to say wasn't there, but it it was it was different. Knowing we have a heading, yeah. I mean, not just the heading, but it was different. Of like, okay, here's this MCU show, here's this MCU show, and and it's kind of Disney Plus, and I'm love, I'm getting these character driven stories and these things. Um, but like, they're not the same as the movies, as good as Miss Marvel is. And I love Miss Marvel. Uh, before we started recording, I started re watching Hawkeye, um, just because I like it. And but they're still the movies are the movies, man. And so having that heading, having that laid out, um, all the speculation that that leads to content for us and other content creators and just the water cooler. Does anybody have water coolers anymore? We just have a water fountain at work. Um, but the, the talk, like it's, it's great. It's super exciting. I'm excited, man. We've got, uh, as you once put it, job security moving forward, at least through 2025. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So I look forward to covering it all with you here on this podcast. But of course, if you want to reach out with any of your thoughts for the San Diego Comic-Con reveals, make sure you're following us at MCNino, both on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to chat about it with other people as well, you can join the Discord where we have an active community who is just as excited about the MCU and pop culture at large as we are. So you can find those links in the show notes. Uh, Check it out. And of course, the best thing you can do for us is ratings and reviews. Five stars would be fantastic on Apple podcast, Spotify, um, share with a friend, you know, if you like what you listen to and you like your friend, make sure they get to listen to as well. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on a SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert? Oh, the Daniels. Everything, everywhere, all at yeah. once. That would be That's cool. who they should have got to do Doctor Strange. But okay. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't seen that yet. You should. I know I should. Paul even texted me. And he's like, hey, you got to see this. Uh, Matthew Vaughn is the name. Matthew Vaughn, I wouldn't mind seeing in the MCU. I don't know if I want to see him do an X-Men movie. Not X-Men. Fantastic Four Yeah. Movie. He did X-Men First Class. And the uh, Kick-Ass Kick-Ass and Kingsman. Yeah. Wait, did Matthew Vaughn? It depends. Did he do the Batman? No. You're thinking of... um. Oh, I just had the name. It's been replaced with David S. Goyer, and I know it's not David S. Goyer, but it's in that. Christopher Matt, Reeves. Christopher Reeves is dead. Matt Reeves. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see like a word cloud of names in my head. <laughs> mm. <laughs>